Hello, 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 and welcome to the first edition of the Hoops Habit Podcast during the regular season of 2018-2019. I'm your host, Michael Duggar, and I'm just going to give a couple, a brief preview slash introduction of what I want to accomplish with this podcast for the regular season, the idea of it, and I'm just going to go into a little rant about the team I cover. And so... Oops, have a podcast been going. I think we have just over ten episodes. I did a um, divisional preview for each team, right around the training camp time period. Went just went through a little summer recap and stuff like that. And now I'm going to start implementing writers. I can't decide if I want to have like a co-host come in and do like 10, 15, 20 minutes beforehand, and then get to like interview not interviews, but like go through over some certain topics that are. I'm dominating the headlines or just thoughts I feel like are important to the M- the NBA fan. So be on the lookout for that very shortly. I'm still trying to iron, iron, iron out all the details and stuff like that. But it's been a pretty crazy NBA season already. We're two weeks in. Pace is up. Scoring's up. Some teams we thought would be the same would dominate are doing that. Other teams are... Off to very slow starts for various reasons and stuff like that. You know, the Rockets don't have James, haven't had James Harden and Chris Paul play more than two games together. Chris Paul got suspended. James Harden is now injured with the hamstring pull. You have the Thunder who's starting to pick up a little steam. Got their second win of the night, second win in a row last night against the Clippers in dominating fashion. They came out and dominated that second half, and the Clippers have been playing pretty well. And on the flip side, you have the Warriors are dominating as usual, seven and one. KD, Curry, I mean, this is the best we've seen Durant and Curry play together in terms of shooting percentage and scoring prowess. And, you know, just in the past week, they had Curry go for 51 in three quarters. They had KD get 25, I think 25 points in the fourth quarter in Madison Square Garden. And they were down like five points in the fourth quarter and they ended up winning by 28. And then Klay Thompson breaks... Steph Curry's three-point record with 52 points in three, 52 points in 28 minutes, and made 14 threes, and that's just in a that's in like a five-day span. So they're seven and one. Lone loss came to the, at Denver, whose lone loss came at late the at the um, at the Lakers. But the Bucks are a lot better than I thought. I thought they'd be a lot. I thought they'd be improved, but they're seven and zero. Giannis is in the concussion protocol. Hopefully he can get healthy and play in the Celtics game on Thursday. I'm recording this Wednesday morning. So you, the, the floor is space. They have so many shooters now. Brooke Lopez, I didn't think he was that big of a pickup because I saw him in Los Angeles and maybe he was probably misused properly. But he, him at the, I'm, I'm sure the Lakers could would love to have him back, a floor spacing big man who can rebound and throw down the post and stuff like that. But um, Ursula and Lisova's spacing the floor brilliantly. And, the, and you see the 76ers having a... Um, being affected by not having a, another floor spacing for the Sixers have been disappointing. There's teams like that. The Celtics are starting to find their groove now. People are are starting to find their roles and stuff. Like Kyrie had a very efficient 33 points on 16 shots last night in their win over the Pistons, and the Pistons are four and two. And all in all, there's just a lot of excitement around the league. Unless you're a Suns fan, even the Kings. I was watching the Kings take on the Grizzlies last week, and it's you know it's, they were coming off a back to back. They lost in Denver, lost in Utah or Denver. I don't know which one it was, but they were playing. Then they go to at Me- they host Memphis, and 
a young team gets down double digits in the first half, and you see them just battle back. And De'Aaron Fox has to be in the top three at least for most improved player. He's everything that the Kings wanted so far this year. Everything. He's the the one highlight dunk stands out to me, and that's when he was going up against Mark Gasol. And he was in transition, and Gasol, who's a reigning defensive player, been a defensive player of the year, been one of the best big man defenders, and just didn't even try challenging him. And Darren Fox just snapped a crazy dunk on him. But Darren Fox is averaging seventeen point five points, four rebounds, seven assists, shooting forty eight percent from the field. His his three point and free throw percentage is still not great, but when you're averaging. Uh, Essentially, eighteen, four, and seven with two with one point five steals. You're you're pretty effective. And this team is. Think about it. The Sixers had Nemanja Bichia. He would play for the Timberwolves last year. They signed him to a contract, and then he's like, "No, I want to go play for the Kings." Could you imagine how happy the Sixers would be if if Nemanja stayed in seven in Philadelphia because he's been phenomenal. For the Kings and the Kings don't even have Bogey back. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich is not even playing yet. So I thought this team would be better than most because even Marvin Bagley's playing really well. Gouli Kali Stein, I've always been a big fan of his when I covered the Kings for uh, Royal Paint. Shout out the fan site at Royal Paint site, Raphael, Raphael Wong, and um, what's his name? And Tyler Watts. Great, great editors. Now Tyler runs the, the Smoking Cuban, which is the Mavericks fan site. And Raphael still does a great job with the Royal Pain. But Kali Stein's always been a very good big man who can do a lot of things. The only thing he can't do is stretch his range of three-point. He can't really shoot the three-pointer, but he can very good pick-and-roll rim runner. Very underrated passer. A solid mid-range game. Great rim protector and defender. And can slide his feet because he has a foot quickness and agility. So this team's really exciting to me. But they're five and three. They've won four games in a row. This didn't. They just completed a back and back sweep of the Florida teams, Miami, and then they went and beat the Magic. That's pretty impressive for a team led by a twenty-year-old point guard. But I mean, there's so many topics we can dive into in this team in this league. You know, looking at the at the standings real quick, the Jazz are. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, who are who we thought we were, who thought they were. Pelicans have slowed down since AD's been out with the elbow injury. Hopefully he can play because they play the Warriors on Thursday. Um, Spurs, I mean, two of those wins are coming against the Lakers in, clo- in, t- in closeout games, but DeMar DeRozan looks great. He looks like he's settling in, and he's get, he's he has the ball. The point guards going out have put him in a more creative role, and he wasn't asked to be the creator. He has to be more of a scorer in Toronto, but now he's asked to be a creator and we're seeing him flourish in that role. The Spurs have one of the worst defenses in basketball. And so you wouldn't expect this team to be have a 4 and 2 record, but they do because of DeRozan and the efficiency of DeRozan and Aldridge in that pairing. They're kind of like a little pushback on the league's pace and space and three-point range because you have two guys who operate in the mid-range and post and getting to the free throw line and all that stuff. Although getting the free throw line is very much a prominent role in um in the analytics world. So this won't be a long, this won't be too long of a podcast. I just have some thoughts about the team I cover, and that is the Los Angeles Lakers. And 
I was one who was very excited about the LeBron. I mean, obviously, if you're a Lakers fan, even if you don't, even if I grew up a Lakers fan, but I've kind of denounced my fandom as I've gotten to write and stuff like that in podcast. But you kind of learn to denounce your fandom, or mostly you try to. And because I cover the team and because I'm an NBA fan, LeBron to the Lakers was awesome. We're going to see him, we're going to see. Him with the with the league's glory, the glamour franchise, and I thought it'd be, I thought they'd be, I honestly thought they'd be a great team. I mean, it's seven games in; they played the Dallas Mavericks tonight, and they're seven point favorites, shockingly. But I thought they'd be, you know, I thought they the games that they've lost, they shouldn't have lost two to the Spurs. These are just traits of a young team. But when you have LeBron, you see there things; these are things you shouldn't ha- shouldn't happen. LeBron miss, brings them back. In that first San Antonio game last week on Monday. And then he misses two free throws to ice the game. That's one. Next San Antonio game, they're up like 17, they're up like 16, 17 points in the first half. You can't close the deal out because your offense goes stale against one of the worst defenses in basketball. Then, the last game they lost in Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota... If Minnesota stays together, they have the talent to make the playoffs. And we saw the best version of Minnesota in that game with Towns being aggressive and showing passion and showing enthusiasm and defending and shooting and stuff. And Jimmy Butler just going off for the three-point line, just knocking down. Everything he was throwing from the three-point line was going in that fourth quarter. I think he had 18 points in the fourth quarter. But you still lose that game because you can't close out and you're making bonehead decisions offensively. So that's three of the five losses. I'm not going to talk the Trailblazers game. Portland's one of the best teams in the NBA. Whether we want to admit that or not, they're one of the best teams in the NBA. Whether we thought that going in, but they've beat they just they just did a nice impressive back-to-back of their own beating Indiana and then going to Houston and just destroying Houston. So I'm trying so so that's the first game. And the second game they lost to the Rockets, which was the melee, the brawl, whatever happened. That the Chris Paul run. I'm not gonna get into that, the Chris Paul Rondo thing. But I don't want to say worrisome, but the roster the roster concerns that we've seen that we thought heading into the season are still there. Lack of shooting, although their shooting is improving and they have room to improve with their shooting. And defense. I thought that the way I thought their defense would be better with even without the rim protection because a great way to protect the rim is to not let them get there and have a bunch of defenders, great great on ball defenders. I was just under the impression that all five would be defending, and that has not been the case. LeBron has not been giving forth his effort on defense. I don't know why I thought last year. I watched him play all the time for the Cavs last year, and I was just like, he's a he's not a zero on defense, but he doesn't give you a lot of great effort on defense, and he misses backdoor cuts and switches and stuff like that. And I thought being with the young team would revitalize it a little bit, but it hasn't happened so far this year. Offense, that's, and there's not really a route going forward for this team to get better defensively, which is scary unless they unless they put forth more effort which shouldn't be happening when you're a team that's two and five, unless you pick up a big man mid season to protect the rim. But that's not that's gonna be hard to come by because those 
because yes, the big man is not you need to like shoot floor spacing big man are tough to come by but having one that's a plus defender is just as difficult and to circle back to the brook lopez thing with the bucks yes brook lopez isn't the greatest the greatest defender but he he does the main things that i find very valuable on defense he was constantly communicating on defense and he had a good idea of how to like he gave effort. Like he was in his defensive stance, getting down really low and chopping, sliding his feet and talking and getting his, he has a long reach. So he would put his hands up, try to alter shots. He did a lot of things that you want from a big man. But the communication and knowing when to hedge screens and when to switch, all that stuff, that's important. And we don't have that. JaVel McGee's not a big talker. Kuzma playing the five not is not the most ideal thing. Jonathan Williams gives great effort, but he's not a rim protector. Is Mo Wagner? I think Mo. I'm probably gonna write an article this week about Mo Wagner, who's gonna um, be very important for this team offensively. But defensively, he gives good effort from his time in Michigan. But that was always the biggest knock on him coming out of Michigan was his defense. So you don't draft a defensive first center. And the main thing that the main thing that stands out to me, one of them is all offseason they talk about how this team is they're they're building this team with Golden State in mind you know that's why they get Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo and JaVel McGee and Beasley and all these tough-minded players that fit the mold of defense first and are tough and tough because that's what they saw the Rockets do to the Warriors. Well, here's the problem with that. You probably were never going to beat the Warriors anyway. And second, there's 28 other teams in the NBA. The Warriors are the Warriors because Draymond can play center and they have three of the five at worst best shooters in the world two of the top three or four greatest shooters of all time. And have veteran savvy guys like Andre Iguodala. Like when they go to the Hamptons five, the game's over because they have the versatility with lineup size, shooting, spacing, passing, everything to dominate you. And yes, the Rockets beat him up by switching, but Iguodala wasn't there for a couple of those games. Yeah, Chris Paul wasn't there the last two games, but Iguodala wasn't there when when Iguodala played, Warriors won. And you look at the team. You look when the when the when the Rockets played best. It was when Capella was at the five, a big man who could give them trouble and throw down lobs and defend when switched and just protect the paint. You don't have a Clint Capella. Javale McGee is not Clint Capella. And then you just the, uh, just the rest of this and the, 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 like the rest of the conference. Look, I'm gonna go through the standings real quick. Kings, multiple big men, you'll get destroyed on the boards. Who's gonna stop Darren Fox from going downhill? Nuggets, we beat Denver. That's because Jokic and that gives McGee's a bad matchup for Jokic. But I'll trust Jokic in a playoff series to get to get the job done four times more than seven, four out of seven times. 
against this big man lineup. You don't think he's going to get them in foul troubles, or that could happen vice versa, but you don't think that's going to happen. Portland, we already saw what they do with their mismatches in game one with Evan Turner posting up Rondo and Lonzo and Zach Collins being a monster protecting the paint and Nurkic going to work down low. Like, there's a lot of big, like, Portland's size gave us trouble. They would post up Mo Harkless, post up all these guys because we're just not the biggest team. The Clippers, eh, Gortat, they don't play Bobon enough. Utah, Gobert is going to have, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert and Ruby are going to have free license to the rim for a whole time. The Grizzlies and Gasol, they don't post Gasol up that much anymore, but I'm sure that'll be a time where they, they throw Gasol in the paint. Pelicans, Anthony Davis, good luck. We have no one to do that. No one. Spurs, we already saw what Lamarcus Aldridge did to us. Timberwolves, we've seen what Towns did to us. These are just the big men. Thunder, Steven Adams is going to have his way with McGee and get dominate the boards. Dallas, not really DeAndre Jordan. Suns, Aiton had a good game. The rest of the team's just bad because Devin Booker, Devin Booker wasn't there. Rockets, Capella, not worried. That's just your conference. We're not even talking about the Bucks and the Raptors. This team is not, I, I hate to say it, but this team is not good. This is not a good basketball team right now. And we can talk about how it has nothing to do with Luke Walton. Unless Luke Walton, there's the thing. I saw some stats. I'll, I'll try to pull them, as I'm, pull them up as I'm talking. The, the on-off rating, defensive and offensive rating. I don't really necessarily believe it's the end-all, be-all to determining who is good and who is not and stuff like that. But when LeBron's on the court, where, is, where are the young guys? Okay. When LeBron and Lonzo share the court, 104 offensive rating, 109 defensive rating. When he's off the court, 112 offensive, 104 defensive. That says he's better. That's better without him. Same thing for Ingram off the court. Ingram on off, except defense light better. And it's practically even with Hart. Then you go to Rondo. I mean, KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Offense is better. Defense is slightly worse. Just barely worse. Stevenson. Offense slightly worse, defense slightly better. Rondo, offense slightly worse, defense slightly better. Defense a lot better. So, what I say about those numbers is that doesn't, I, this team is, when those, in those four, in those couple games, when the, in those games without Rondo and Hart, I mean, and Hart and Ingram, they went two and one. They beat the Suns and the Nuggets and lost to the Spurs. But those were so much, those were so much more, that was such a more enjoyable product for, of the Lakers to watch. Lonzo, for all these numbers, Lonzo was better at ever and better at every category than Rondo, except maybe pick and roll, running a pick and roll. Teams want players want to play with Lonzo. He gets the ball out. He he moves it around. He's a good shooter. He picks up defense full court. These are all things 
that gets teammates hyped, that gets them going, gets them excited. Look at Rondo. I appreciate Rondo for what he is. One of the smartest basketball players in the league. Great is not the best. He's lost a step in terms of defense. Great communicator, something I love. Coach from the sidelines. But this is not what they need on this team. He's not a shot creator for he's not someone who can get his own shot effectively and efficiently. Lonzo isn't either, but at least Lonzo doesn't hold the ball and keeps the ball moving and gets the people who can. And like Kuzma. And then you look at So that's one thing. And we play these Rondo and LeBron lineups. Those are two people who dominate the ball. This is not the free flowing system that Luke Walton envisioned. It happens at times, but then a lot of the times it stops. It's LeBron dribbling a lot. It's Rondo dribbling the pounding the ball. Rondo's trying to put, give the ball to, and then Kuzma makes a quick decision. Kuzma's great. Josh Hart's great. And Ingram, they come back. Zoom in the quick minutes thing. Okay. Against the Spurs on Saturday night, Rondo's first game back. Lonzo got the start. Rondo played 29 minutes. Lonzo played 27. I don't care that Rondo had 12, 5, and 4, and Lonzo had 6, 3, and 2. Who is going to, what player fits your system? Lonzo's the guy not going to score 15 points and get, he's not going to do that. I, it, that is, that is, I just don't, and that's not something I want to see. Especially with how great Lonzo has looked. He's shooting the ball well. He's playing his best defense. I just, What's the infatuation with Rondo? Is it a LeBron thing? It's something we don't know. And then Monday night in Minnesota, Rondo plays 32 minutes. Lonzo plays 24. Lonzo had 4-1-1. One, one. Rondo had 13-8-6. Rondo had a little spurt where he was getting to the rim and creating. Cool. What does it do for your offense? Josh Hart played 24 minutes. Was taken out of the starting lineup. Lakers started LeBron, Kuzma, McGee, Ingram, and Lonzo. I'm sorry. Who was your second best player throughout the first six games of the season? It was Josh Hart. Who earned his way to the starting lineup? That was Josh Hart. Why is he playing 24 minutes when Rondo's playing 32? Even Lance Stevenson played great with when he was running the second unit. And now he's getting 15 minutes against the Timberwolves. What is the infatuation with Rondo? That is my question. He can put up all the numbers he wants. He's always been a numbers guy because he has the ball so much. He goes and gets rebounds. Everyone on this team can rebound. This is one of the most this is one of the best rebounding teams top to bottom in the NBA. I've long said Ingram needs to be running his own unit. Kuzma needs to be playing with LeBron as much as possible. I'm not saying Rondo needs to get phased out of the lineup, but someone I would I just want an explanation of what of what of what's going on. I because this is not the team I want to see. Even Lance keeps the ball moving a little bit, and Lance is entertaining with the ball. Rondo pounds the heck out of it. LeBron does that. It's just, 
it's just a very weird dynamic right now. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know if anything can change. Are they, they have to make better. Their defense is not going to get better overnight. Rotations are not going to help. I don't think so. Unless you play long. I'm, Jonathan Williams is a big man. Is not is will give you great effort, and that's it. He got he gets overwhelmed by Aldridge and Towns. The Kuzma experiment at the five has come and gone. Certain matchups will allow you to do that. We have not had those matchups yet, but this is life in the Western Conference, and this is why it does it. I liked it. I will be the first to admit I picked the Lakers to finish third, make the Western Conference Finals, third in the West, make the Western Conference Finals, actually give Golden State a series because of their depth. But I greatly forgot about the 28 other teams, and I was solely focused on the Warriors and how this team could match up with them and how LeBron dragged the Cavs and made that a series, even though it was 4-0. Three of those games were competitive. One went to overtime. Durant had to hit a dagger to win the other one. But I messed up, and it's only seven games in. If you're listening to this on Thursday or after that, they're eight games in after they play the Mavericks. They're seven-point favorites. I don't know how you can have that number so high because every one of these games besides the Phoenix game has been close. But Vegas knows more than me, and the Mavericks aren't that great great in themselves. But, I mean, you can look at all the stats you want. These are the stats that these are the stats. The Lakers are 19th in opponents second opponents second chance points given up. And have given up this third most points in the paint. 56.6. We lead the NBA in six, at 64.3 points in the paint, but we're also giving up 56.6. And we don't have the shooting the shooting prowess to offset that because the Lakers are shooting middle of the road in three-point attempts per game, but are 23rd in three-point percentage. Sixteenth in rebounding, the assist numbers were fourth. That's what I want to see. But I don't. Well, actually, we're actually good with the ball. We force a lot of steals. Top ten in blocks. It's I. It's. It's all about defense. That's. That's that's literally all it is. What? Let's see what their defensive ranks are. Teams are shooting 47.7% from the field. We actually do a good job of running. Nah, we're 23rd in the, in the NBA in terms of. I'm saying we because I'm talking about the Lakers and the team I cover. Um, Give up 37.4% from the three-point line. And if you look at those teams, all of them except in the top, in the bottom, bottom 15, every one of them except the Raptors is terrible at defense. Give up the fourth most free throw attempts per game. Fifth most offensive rebounds. 
Teams dominate the boards against us. Give up the fifth. Yeah, that could be as that could be a thing of most possessions, but I'm not. I don't. I don't buy that fully. Second worst defense by point oh one point one to the Washington Wizards. And if you are in any defensive category with the Washington Wizards, that is not a good place to be. So that yeah, that's gonna do it for my Lakers rant. I want to talk about the Lakers. I had some thoughts. I'm probably gonna write a lot of write some stuff out about this when November comes around in a day or two. But yeah, I felt like no one. I felt like me going 20 minutes about the Lakers is good enough than having a guest on one of the some to cover the Lakers. So. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hoops Habit Podcast. Stay tuned very shortly, probably next week. We'll get the guest thing going, the co-host thing going. All that stuff will be going. And I haven't, put, I haven't figured out how to put it on iTunes. So if you know how to put it on iTunes, hit me up on Twitter at Duggar underscore Fern. That's D-U-G-G-E-R underscore F-E-R-N. If you have any, know any advice or how to put it on iTunes, stuff like that. It's just on SoundCloud right now. It's on the Hoops Habit homepage article. Like the the website, it just says Hoops Habit article and stuff like that. So thanks for checking out and make sure to treat everything on hoopshabit.com.